mouth is already set at best. This is the best, the best of it. The best ones aren't as good as you probably think they are. What is best in life? I did the best I could. Doing my best. 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 The future. The polar ice caps have melted, covering the Earth with water. Those who survived have adapted to a new world. Hello, 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 and welcome to... Best of the best podcast was myself, Connor Keys. Uh, beside me as always, Mr. Roland Mullen. That was our best intro, our best musical intro. That was definitely with the nice, uh, deep voice there of the Hollywood thriller coming at us there. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so we are here to discuss uh, Waterworld. Um, as described there, a whole new world that was, well, the same world, but just it's our, new, world. It's our world covered in water because of the polar ice caps. Yeah. So, yes, we could only be talking about one thing, which is 1995's epic Waterworld starring the Koss. Kevin Costney. Kevin Costney. And uh, yes, so we're talking loads and loads of things about this film. Yeah. Um, there's we're gonna so have to, many bits to it. Yeah. Probably going to have to explain. But yes, we should start from the start and explain the concept because it is a fantasy film. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the realm of what we know they were trying to do, in the realm of trying to replicate a Mad Max kind of world. Well, that uh, was the that was the prerequisite that the writer was given. Um, we need to basically he was told Mad Max made a fuckload of money because there was very little special effects. It was all shot in big open desert, so there was nothing interfering with your shots or anything like that. Uh-huh. And most of the cast were relatively unknown, so it, the, the cost was minimal. Yeah. Whereas we have cost Nur. Oh, I see what you did there. Do you see that? Do you see so, that? That cost definitely was not minimal. No. But what happened was the guy was trying to think of any ideas that he could to try to do another Mad Max Road Warrior, which was the the biggest and best one at the time. And what he did was he was out yachting. Mm-hmm. And uh, thought, well, what am Not I yachting as in modern day yachting. Just no, no, no. Actually no, no. just on the yacht. No, no, on a yacht. And we'll get back to that. And he said the idea came to him because of that, but... He had no idea what sort of what sort of limitations you would have of filming on water, because there's yeah. very few films that are entirely filmed on water. Yeah. Um, and just he, for the, uh, I mean, why? And the obvious reasons are you're dealing with a lot of electrics. A lot, a lot of le- not and only water that. and electrics don't go just number one for Did a you start. Ever watch when uh, God bless him, Steve Irwin, God bless him, was doing his. And I'm this close to a crocodile. Yeah. And then the camera is as close, but closer to where the crocodile's mouth is. And you're going, you're standing behind the fucking... How, how, the cameraman's the one and... Somebody's yeah. filming this shit. Like, <laughs> this isn't just out of the blue. We've dropped down out of space and no, we can see... That's a fucking river. telephoto lens. Your man so, was half made away. <laughs> fuck off. No way. He, he's bit. In case Irwin gets... God rest him, by the way. God rest him. Yeah. He, um, he then... Wrote the script, and it was a bit wilder than what we've seen in the film, but he wrote the script, and he shelved it for three years. And over a period of time, Kevin Costner and Kevin Reynolds, the director... Yes, the two Kevs. We'll come on to them mm-hmm. later, but... They yeah. both independently read the script. Yes. Now, you would think 
Kevin Costner was in Kevin Reynolds' first film, Fandango. Uh-huh. Much younger man. And he was in his big film at the time, which was Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yes. So that had already came out. Two guys fell out during Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, primarily because of Kevin Costner's decision to continue to try to do an English accent mixed with an American one. Which I am so glad he did. I know. But secondly... It would not work without it wouldn't, no. shitty American English But what's, what's the other thing that works better in that film than anything else? Oh, Rickman? Rickman. Yeah. He fell out with him because there was too much Rickman. Well, they could obviously foresee what was going to happen. That yeah. Rickman was going to steal the show because he Rickman was fucking the fucking scenes up. Like, oh, unreal. So, um, and that's why if you see... We'll get on to the, the same thing with Waterworld, but with Kev, uh, Prince uh, Robin Hood, Prince Thieves, uh, you missed a lot of deleted scenes. Yes. And you're going, hmm, was I Kev hanging around the editing well, room? Well, um, <laughs> yes, because Kevin Reynolds left. Yeah, he left, and that's, that's right. Uh, he, halfway he, through he, the he filming of Robin Scarpered. Hood. And uh, Kevin Costner finished it. So, yeah, so Costner seems to be, at that time, you're, now you were talking peak Kev, like, we're talking... We're talking bodyguard Kev, like... Yeah, Field of Dreams, bodyguard, big time JFK, Kev. Dances with Big time Kev. Big time Kev, so but a lot of egos, um, and, uh, yeah, let's, let's see how it goes with the thing that was originally pointed at being three million, and then they sort of went, well, do you know what, actually, it might be five million. Well, they, that was the, the very initial. The, the initial stages, studio yeah. who got the first script from your guy Peter Reader, who wrote it, said five million, but we can't go any higher. Yeah, <laughs> for a film that's entirely based. And at the time, it had all this more uh, mutated animals and all this stuff in it. Mm-hmm. It was way more than what we have. Um, and <laughs> they went, you know, so Universal took it on when Kevin Costner and Kevin Reynolds, but nobody anticipated it to go where it ended up going. Um, so we'll talk about that. It's, it's probably uh, before we get talking about the actual film. It's it's all the the, the noise around it, mm-hmm. and at the time there was a lot of noise about it being the most exp- uh, expensive film to be uh, ever made at that time. It was, uh, and that was loads of on-set problems, loads of uh, behind-the-scenes word coming out that the budget was just getting higher and higher and higher, mm-hmm. which it did. Uh, I can't remember what it topped at. Was it 175? I was going to say 65. 175. It started at 65. Universal let's realized. Remember, let's remember 1995. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we hear that figure today, and that's that's nothing for a, a big-budget film. But but it would rarely get to that because CGI no. doesn't cost that much anymore. Yeah. But they and that's the thing. So that's, this is the thing we have to realize: there was no computer, there was no stuff involved in this. This was all live. There was shots, a few, so there's a few, a couple of wee shots, but I mean, they were nothing yeah, cost what the practical yeah. effects cost. But it was, if we go back again, the two guys fell out. Aren't speaking. Uh-huh. Universal get, bring them together and say, "Listen, you have to try to because we really want you two involved in this film." Yeah, it'll be easy to sell if we say the team behind, um, and. It'll be great to have you working together because clearly when you were and it was good, it was great. Yeah. Um. So that's right. They were, yeah. So the two guys got together, rebuilt their bridges, re- rebuilt their bridges, um, and then burnt them down about fucking two months later yeah. without any problem at all. I think. I mean, when you look into it and you see this, this is kind of uh, like I said, Mad Max it was actually pitched as Mad Max, Mad Max on water. Yes, was how it was pitched. But so this is kind of Costner wanted it to be. Uh, the creative differences came about when Costner wanted it more to be like a swashbuckling Errol Flynn type thing. He's a hero, heroic yeah. dialogue, heroic this, and, and that wasn't what was in the script. No, and uh, Reynolds obviously wanted to stick more to the script and to keep it more authentic. So, 
the, the you can see actually when you watch it and rewatch it again, uh, you can see where the actual sort of pirate type uh, scenes, and especially in the the opening scene when he's been under attack. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, so the concept of the film for anybody who hasn't seen it, like you heard at the start, the world is now completely covered in water. Yeah, the polar ice caps have melted. Yeah, so everything, including the height of um, ever any mountain you've ever heard of, water has now overcome that. So there is no dry land, and this is what the myth is that somewhere along the way uh, in the world, yes, there is dry land, but it's water everywhere. And it's what a world! What a world! And uh, so water, uh, and I mean, I love the opening. The opening scene always stuck with me was uh, watching Costner, who's just drifter out on his own uh, on this uh, sail ship taking a piss uh, into a, a jar mm-hmm. and then recycling it mm-hmm. there and then and drinking it. I was like, oh, what's this? Mm-hmm. I think it's 1985, so you know what you're talking. I was about 14, 15 years of age. Watching this, going, what the fuck's this? What's yep. this going on here? And the concept itself was amazing. Y- yeah, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing. Yeah, it really like, is. Oh. Now, <laughs> melting polar ice caps and stuff, you're going, hmm, not, not so much a stretch. Yeah. Uh, at well, that we time, we know we sort of at that time we don't study fucking stuff of global warming. No, we we, we knew, hadn't but really done global warming. Remember what was the big thing in the nineties? What were we always worried about? AIDS. It was eighties, nineties. There was fucking AIDS in the eighties too. You know. No. Well, there was. But Marty. We no, I mean, worried about them. We weren't okay. worried. The treatments got better. Uh, ozone layer. That was the big thing. That's all you heard is the fucking way, and the ozone layer is gonna gonna crumble. Stop CFCs. using. Stop using your fucking links, Africa. Uh-huh. You're going to kill the world. Did it stop us? Did it fuck? Did it fuck? No. And now it couldn't be any worse? Although I feel better now because I use a roll-on, so I feel better. I'm not doing on the ozone layer. You never used roll-on? I know, because I want to do my bit for the ozone layer. No. You fucking, you found a cheap alternative one day and you bought buckets of them. God forgive you. Did not. <laughs> Rest in peace, Steve Three pallets at the back. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the concept of, uh, like... Dirt then becomes a commodity, commodity yeah. because where are you going to get dirt if there's water everywhere? Mm-hmm. And uh, and it becomes a kind of uh, this post-apocalyptic sort of bartering land where everybody trades or something and everything's a trade and uh, it's the sort of a mixture of the, the rules of the sea mm-hmm. uh, along with just pure grifters and robbing people. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much all we get. Uh, in the first 15, 20 minutes, the impression is this is vast. Yeah. And you're alone. So like every good movie, we have our our, our bad guys. So our villains. And the thing that makes it tick are the smokers. Mm-hmm. Smokers are basically guys who still have access to oil and fuel. So they can run jet skis and boats and yep. fucking barges and all that sort of stuff. And uh, led by the one and only. Big Balls Hopper. Big Hopper. Dennis Hopper in the hammiest of hammy fucking roles that he's we'll, ever done. We'll, we'll go through the story and then we'll discuss what the issues <laughs> seem to come cropping up. The first issue is definitely Hopper. Hopper is, yeah. Although he has the best lines. Absolutely, but he is... He's either doing it intentionally or he's really having a very good fucking time. Mm-hmm. But he, he is, I think he's fantastic. Uh, but, but this is my problem. And that's what I was going to say at the start, sorry. We, we're we going to have a fight in our hands here. Yeah. With a lot of people. Yeah. But the people who do like it, love it. 
Absolutely. The yeah. people who don't just will never figure this one out. Like, how are we going to hold this up to us covering Goodfellas? And I know, and that's yeah. Well, that's you know what I mean? Like, and and I know what they mean, but but it's ours. Me and you both. Yeah. I didn't realize you liked it as much. Do you know why I like it? And I, it, it's you could call it a form of brainwashing, maybe if you want. Fucking Mida. What? Frank, one of his all-time greatest movies ever to be made was Waterworld. No. In normal circumstances, um, which basically much applies to every circumstance, I totally avoid anything he would recommend, be it television, movie, or music. I wouldn't like the beer he drinks. No, you couldn't drink the amount, don't I? Uh, <laughs> so, I don't know why, I don't know what it is. Maybe he should have been on here fucking telling us why, but he would have watched that film. Well, we know. And no joke, I, w- I would say he would watch it maybe... For the since '96 to about 2002, he would have watched it maybe twice a month. What? Yeah, all the fucking time. But it was is it because, because of Costner? I don't know what it is. I don't know if he thinks he could be a a, a drifter and he could be a smoker. He could be a smoker. No doubt, he'd be sitting on one of them chairs, man, banging. Uh, so yeah, that there and uh, Last of the Mohicans. Nah, that's fair enough. Yeah. M2. But you definitely couldn't watch it twice a fucking month. Like. No, couldn't watch it twice a month. Uh, but yeah, Last Mohicans was never off as well. So this became one of those ones that I just sort of... It became quite nostalgic as well, but you also got so... Do you know when you get so used to seeing something? You're mm-hmm. like, fuck, I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, by proxy, you don't yeah, even realize it. Really exactly. But so, and then in later years, and I've, I've watched it and rewatched it, and uh, as you get older, you appreciate it a lot more. Mm-hmm. And especially if you think of the current climate. Oh, it uh, I don't know what you mean. It resonates. <laughs> Double <laughs> oh. uh, Yeah, it stays afloat. <laughs> and uh, you, you go for a record. <laughs> Somebody get a clock going. Oh Jesus, no, stop it. Um, no, I, I, and I know what you mean, and I know I know what, why I like it, but I think it's going to be difficult. I mentioned to one person who hadn't listened to last week's episode yet, because apologies, it was the day of the episode; it hadn't gone at you. And he goes, what's next? I said, water. And he went, fuck off. <laughs> and I went, what? And he goes, why? I went, why not? And he goes, that the one on water? I said, what the fuck? What other fucking water world do you watch or know of apart from the Norn that isn't on water? Like, fuck me, man. I know. We're going to annoy a lot of people, but sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, really, when we say a lot, like, probably about three. Uh, yeah, I can't I mean, you don't have to watch it. You don't have to watch it, but we 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 do recommend. What's fresh eyes? I think you should go back, and especially in the, in the current. Uh, I was going to say claim it again, in the in the current environment, environment of uh, Hollywood films being heavily heavily invested in CGA, uh, Marvel and all included. It's it's actually refreshing to go and watch a film that is completely um, live shot, more or less, more or less, um, yeah. especially when there's so much fucking water involved because you have to think how were they getting those shots those aerial shots out in the middle of the water and stuff that you know you're you're you can see where budget was going when these are all helicopter shots you know that they're um because there's no drones like today yeah. you just fire a drone out uh i mean there was a there was talk of one of those things where costner's up at the this character standing up at the top of the mast and there was to be a helicopter to go past mm-hmm. but the boat kept missing not only that figure it, out. it kept rocking so he was there for like two or three yeah. hours apparently just like on top of this mass strapped, strapped in like, yeah. but the problem is they're they're not on a set like they're out, they're, on they're the, in the middle yeah. they're in the ocean, in the ocean. outside of Hawaii the, the, when the waves start to swell there's nothing you can do yeah. 
So, so then you had cast and crew as well getting fucked off because everything was wet and mm-hmm. catering was terrible and all the rest. So there's a lot of word coming out of the on-set stuff. But that, you know, obviously we don't give a shit about that when you're watching it because everything's just so epic in it. It's so big. Yeah. To the point where it could be said, yes, it's to the extreme. Um, but you've got some great uh, set pieces in it, especially action stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I love some of the characters in it. There's some great uh, character actors in it. Your, yeah. Uh, what do you call your guy, Kim? Cotes or Coates or? Coates. Coates, who was in uh, Sons of Anarchy and he's in, uh, mm. he, is, is he actually, has he played a Belfast accent in this? I yes, believe? he does. Yes. Uh, bizarrely. Very strange, yeah. Um, but There's one more th- stuff I'm going to tell you later, which is going to make the whole geography of it even more fucking bizarre, but we'll, right. get, we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, you also have Jack Black. Um, yeah. A very early Jack Black appearance, one of his um, unknown, so a small part, like he played a pilot. Mm-hmm. And then one of my favorite character actors of all time, don't even know if the critter's still alive, Michael Jeter. Yeah. He's Michael Jeter, he's mm-hmm. in fucking everything. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know Michael Jeter, he was in The Green Mile, he was the guy who looked after the mouse, he was in Sister Act 2, he was in. Uh, oh, he's been in a load of things I loved. Tango and Cash, he was in Tango and Cash. Um, so yeah, the, you've got that sort of cast, but the 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 male sort of or the the female lead or co lead uh, to the cost is Jean Triplehorn. I always thought it was Jeanne because it's not spelt like Jean; it's spelt yeah. like Leanne with with a J. Yeah, which, which sounds fucking weird anyway. But uh, yeah, it's a I don't know why. Yeah, it's just you know because Americans can't spell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jean Triplehorn. Um, appropriate name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, every yeah. N- every nineties boy, madly in love with Jean. Oh, why? She's she's lovely. Um, Lo- lovely girl. Look, uh, basic instinct. Sorry, basic instinct. Oh yeah, that first fucking fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As memorable as the leg crossing. Mm-hmm. In the horny files. Mm-hmm. Dun 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 dun. The horny files. Jean's been in the bank for a long time now, and uh, of the horny files, oh, she's been locked away. She's been in the vault by uh, <laughs> third drawer of the horny files. So here she is in this as the sort of uh, wannabe escapee who has yeah. this mysterious child with her, uh, an eight or ten year old little girl, mm-hmm. who they managed to get on board with this grifter Kevin Costner's character. Who, by no no certain terms, wants them anywhere fucking near him. He doesn't want anybody near him. Um, but we then, by the time we're watching this as an audience, we know something that they don't really know mm-hmm. is that he's a mutant. He is a mutant. He is found out to have gills, gills, so and web feet, enabling him then obviously to which sort of fucking sort of really is bizarre at the start because he gets off the boat. The first thing he sees is bare feet. Yeah. It's hardly like he was trying to hide it. No, and uh, as well as that, it's it's, it's never given enough uh, time on it, I suppose. No. It's sort of just, well, I mean, obviously it helps in a couple of big, no spoilers, like with a couple of big scenes, it helps, obviously, if you can mm-hmm. fucking swim underwater like a fish. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but we see it now, obviously, with Aquaman and all that sort of stuff, but this again was sort of, uh, you know, ahead of its time in the way it was um, dealing with this sort of, Dystopia, isn't that the word for it? Yeah. Dystopia. Well, it sort of it doesn't really give you much of a time scale either about how long it took for mutation to take hold. Yeah. In our water world. 
Yeah, because we, uh, although if you listen to Professor X, it's been about forever. I sincerely doubt that the evolution happened when the fucking ice caps melt. I know, but I also sincerely doubt Kevin Costner has gills. So no, that, that's the, that's what I'm saying. Oh, it's true. He does. He might. <laughs> he might have just been filming <laughs> one day. Went, what? Kevin's fucking done some stuff in his time. He's a wild man. Uh, the wee girl that they take, we yes. find out a thing about her too, which is okay. pretty much, like so, you've mentioned before, the biggest MacGuffin in a film for all time because it just gets dragged on. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yes, well, well, I'll give away, but there is a rumor that this little girl has a map mm-hmm. to um, the ever elusive and never been found before dry land, um, which I'd have to assume would be a mountain, but we had problems with that, do we not? No, we don't, Car. Are you sure? They explain it in extended. No, uh, that's what I'm saying. Is that, is it the big E? Because it does say it on a plaque, doesn't it? But I never really figured out what the story was. If you just managed to bust this podcast in 20 minutes. What do you mean? You just, for, you've just told everybody then. Well, 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 number one, the film's fucking 25 years old. I'm sorry if you haven't watched it yet. No, but that's not the end of the original film. I know it's not the end, but I'm asking if, if that is what is initially on. No, that is that is it. Yeah. Okay. That was filmed. That was That is it. That's what it's supposed to be. But right. what happened is Kevin Costner cut it out. Sure, it's Kevin. Sure, he can do whatever he wants. No, he can't. He's, he, that, 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 was, that was the big one. That was initially what was what sold it to the initial producer. I think was the director. That pitch, was or Kevin Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, he he was. When they heard that, that was like that. He says brilliant, right? Yeah. That this makes so much more sense now. Um, and and you've got this sort of cat and mouse game. Then all these smokers want to find this young girl who apparently has the map. Yeah. And uh, so this is what the sort of. Kevin Costner's character has ultimately run away from at all times, or you run into. Mm-hmm. But again, you're talking the set pieces, you're talking about the water stuff that's going on with the jet skis, and the, I mean, there's so much action going on that, um, and unlike uh, cars on roads, um, whenever you're doing a car scene or a car chase, it's usually very well choreographed and very well put together, but apparently they were having so many difficulties with the likes of tides and waves and stuff, it just wasn't playing ball with him but it doesn't really show in the film in the which sense the yeah, you know you've got like there was a lot of talk about how they were fucking up on times whenever they were trying to do the jumps on the jet skis mm-hmm. they were trying to do things because things would move on them or things would shift yeah. about and this would lead to what obviously an ever spiraling budget but in the film some of the stunts that do obviously make the cut they look class yeah they do I mean, they're all really well there's one in particular where it shows like three guys in jet skis jumping over the wall of the atoll, mm-hmm. which is the floating barge island sort of community. And to do it, they had to fly the plane above a helicopter to make it look like it was the plane that was pulling the jet skis. Right. But it couldn't because it couldn't get that speed. Mm-hmm. So a helicopter was flying in front of it. And wow. they were shooting it on, sort of, but they didn't digitally transfer it out. No they were all, digital, all yeah. was still there. Everything was there. Like, and that's so... You can see where maybe the hundred seventy-five million went to. Well, that you know things they got. Uh, the problem, I think, what they mentioned early on, and any th- any anything I've read about it or anything I ever watched about it, what they mentioned straight away is because of where they were, mm-hmm. um, and because of the part of the island of Hawaii they were, it was so remote that um, 
any crew they hired, they knew they had to hire them from Hawaii and they inflated their costs through the roof. Yeah. So what would normally be, you know, 75 grand to get that done was 750,000 yeah, to get okay. done. So everything just spiraled. Plus then the main sort of attraction of the whole film is this atoll, which is built in water. And yeah, it's a, it's a it's walking, a, talking, living, breathing A living island. island in the middle, yeah. And it sank. Yeah. It was hit by a fucking, like a hurricane came and hit the it's side of the island. So many problems on set. And they amazing. battered it. Yeah. And what they couldn't, you know, you know, resurrect from the fucking bottom of the ocean, they had to rebuild. Yeah. And that took three months to do. So it took another three months to rebuild it. <laughs> so it just went on forever. like. Yeah. And, and I mean, the the... As I said earlier at the start, I mean, water just must have been everywhere. Just, you know, everything it's you just, touch. It's so water, difficult to yeah. fucking realise how, like, the only scenes that aren't on water, there's a scene at the end where um, Dennis Harper's character, Deacon, uh, we finally see their oil tanker where they've been storing their oil, and yeah. it's the Exxon Valdez. That's right, yeah. <laughs> the infamous Exxon Valdez. <laughs> that was fucking brilliant. Eh? That crashed in Alaska, I'd say, no. Yeah, the big oil spill and fucking thing, yeah. spilt Everywhere. billions of gallons of yeah. oil, and it was the biggest ecological disaster until the Deepwater Horizon, yes, which was uh-huh. just spilling the same amount every day into the ocean. <laughs> and um, we finally see the tanker, and it's it's the one thing that's CGI, right? So the outside of the tanker, uh huh, yeah. Obviously, when we see Kevin Costner's character get to the tanker and climb up on it, that's a whole different set. And when we see the actual tanker from its from the, the barge up top, that's that's built. On an airstrip in Los Angeles. Right. Okay. So that's a practical effect as well. But when Kevin Costner turns up, you, you you just get the impression that everybody's enjoying themselves. It seems like a film where nobody was... You couldn't be pissed. It's all practical. Everybody yeah, there's, there, no. there's actual stunts. There's mm-hmm. people swinging ropes. There's explosions. There's like It would be a, a massive handling to try to do that. On an airstrip in Los Angeles. Can you imagine doing that on a oh, barge floating oh. in the water? <laughs> Which they do for a good portion of the film. I don't know how they... Because I, I know seasickness was a big problem for cast as yeah. well. They were always constantly being sort of maybe taking time off because they're fucking absolutely mm-hmm. thrown up. Sewage was another problem on the island. Yeah. Um, what are they going to do with all that shit? Yeah, there's hundreds um, and hundreds of people. Again, things you don't think about. No, of course. And yeah, and, and even actually <clears throat> what takes us nicely into the film because there's things in the film you, you don't think about because obviously it's... Um, we uh, made you realise we take things for granted. You know, the 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 love for soil, um, mm-hmm. the sort of reverence is given to a plant. If anything, that's a plant that grows. Um, it's a big commodity. And th- again, things we take for granted, you know what I mean? Yeah. And just like them poor fuckers out in the middle of an island, uh, you just expect your toilet to work. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, first world problems and all that. Like, yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, well, the, as Connor said as well, they're um, they're not really aware of certain things. Like there's the little girl is called Enola, and she is suspected to have this map, uh, which would lead to dry land. But she also is able to draw things like horses and animals and trees and stuff that people have never saw. Yeah. So they're wondering how does she know what this is, and w- some of them are actually wondering what is it. Yeah, because they've never seen it. So that's it, and that's the other thing we have to try and get our head around. If you're listening to this, going, "What do you mean, all covered in water?" This is set way, way, way in the future. So yes, you've got generations who've never seen uh, land animals or, or birds or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, and so it, it does take you. I, I do like 
it falls into the action genre, but I think it's more fantasy action type thing. Um, yeah. Because that, that, as I say, that sort of whole different world and a sort of uh, future look. Maybe it isn't so fucking far away, but I'd like to think we're another few hundred thousand years yet, maybe. Well, I was there was another documentary about the actual, the actual facts behind it, and apparently it would... If 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 every polar ice cap melted, the water level would rise by twelve foot, not four hundred foot, <laughs> or whatever it is. It's able to scale buildings. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah, because yeah. we don't see anything. We don't the see single, buildings underwater. Everything's under. We can't see a single thing. With twelve foot, with twelve <laughs> foot, and even twelve foot from the seabed now probably wouldn't do a wild lot of damage to us here. Jesus, you wouldn't even break the riverbank wall, no more. The coast might get a bit of a battering. The coast get a battering, but sure, I we're, we're an island that's designed for water to run off it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're okay. The rest is all fucked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I mean, so we've got to get to the, the, the hop, Dennis Hopper. Uh-huh. So he's a, he's an evil-looking fucker in it, if you think of the costume, just with the, the patch and the scars and the, the thing. But, I mean, he is... Like I said earlier, up there with Rickman in Robin Hood, he's hamming it up like he is giving it the full, yeah, the full hopper man. It's to the point you're going, how many lanes did he take before he went on set? Yeah, <laughs> he is. He is pretty hyper. There's a behind the scenes thing too, where he's asking just very straightforward questions with a lot of gusto. <laughs> Why is he so hyper now? Yeah, I wonder. Hmm. Um, Pearl Dennis wouldn't be a dollar crack now. No, Dennis Hopper. Dennis, <laughs> what? No, let's That's not a name back. synonymous with drug use. No, definitely not. Or misuse. <laughs> misuse, more the point. Um, so, but again, he sort of leads this raggle-taggle band of followers, so the leader of the smokers. Um, you see it, like any film, you see a, a head honcho. But there hasn't been one as memorable, maybe, as as I'm in this. You know, in that type of film. I know the Mad Maxes have tried, even the newer one, but... I don't know. Hopper just always stay, sticks out in my mind. Um, uh, well, there's there's plenty, but in, in this, it's it's just that he's so over the top. Yeah, and it's just that nobody else is as over the top as <laughs> no, him. No, nobody's with him at all. No, he's in his own <laughs> fucking Every planet. Scene, he is out there. Yeah. So, um, and I, I and I love that. And I, that's what I know. like it too. But it was one of the major criticisms. It is one of the biggest. It felt like these two people were in two different films. <laughs> Kevin Costner's head. <laughs> Was swashbuckling through forests. The silent fucking in, insular yeah. fucking hero. And yeah. Dennis Hopper has just jumped out of David Lynch's Blue Velvet where he played Frank the fucking lunatic and he's continuing it on but in like a post-apocalyptic guy with one eye. Not just, had he not done Speed just before this as well where he was a maniacal Speed, fucking... Speed, yeah, wouldn't he, wouldn't he? Uh, in 84, I think it was, he was a maniacal. Fuck, he looks really old in Speed compared to this though, do you think? I know. I, I think suppose because bald, bald head. head. Yeah, yeah. Um... But I mean, so I mean, I mean, Hopper is obviously a legend and all the rest, and, and to me, you can do no wrong. But um, yeah, it was a big criticism at the time. It was, and people didn't get it, and I sort of understand where they're coming from. But I just like it's one of the, you just take the brain out, man. Sit down, I've, fucking enjoy. I, the I would even argue with that and go, no, you have to genuinely think. In if you're watching it for the first time, it does make you think. It does make you think, Jesus, we we have our queer in handy. Mm-hmm. And it's something, you know, but if you're, if we, we know the concept now, so I don't think any other film has covered it 
like that. There's been no other water world or any even nice one. You know, there's been nothing like that. Well, there's been plenty of environmental disaster. Yeah, yeah, the end of the world's or documentaries about environmental disasters. Yeah, but actually, no, not not to this. No, no, no. But I'm talking about you know the people. Okay, we'll jump back two seconds. Basically, the Connor said early on one of the major criticisms that was levied at critics of the film was they had their mind made up before they went in. Yeah, that's the thing. It's very weird with this film, and I think it was because of so many negative stories coming out from the set and stuff. Well, it was it was Costner. It, they, it, were, they were they were fascinated like by what was going on. Okay. They were like, he's huge. We want this to be... But it came out to negativity. Before anybody out, even seen it. Kevin Reynolds himself said he went to the premiere, even though, and we'll discuss it in a minute, he wasn't overseeing this film neither at the end. <laughs> he went to the premiere, and mm-hmm. when he came out, uh, film critic he knows came up to him and went, well, that, that wasn't totally bad. And he went, but what were you expecting? He goes, oh, the worst. He goes, but based on what? Yeah. Like, they hadn't, they, they didn't show press screenings. They didn't do, so people were just expecting a disaster before. And this is, this is, well, I was going to say pre-internet, but the internet's just coming out. 90 Barely. Or just, I mean, you're, you're Barely. still waiting a minute and a half to connect. Mm-hmm. Job, like, um, and it was mainly just an email in the odd basic chat room. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this was just a, a, a rumor mill that sort of mm-hmm. spun around it. But and then this is the thing because I, I I went to look about up on this and I thought maybe this was the up there with one of the biggest flops, but it's not. Nope, the not box even office fucking was, close. Correct me if I'm wrong. Two hundred and sixty-four million they got back in the box office just when the box you office. know that's one hundred and seventy-five million budget. So they've made a profit there, but it took on a whole new life in the uh, video rental. Mm-hmm. Where it made um, more of a profit, they say. Yeah. Where so boys like the likes of Frank spent 20% of their wages for the annual mm-hmm. uh, turnover for uh, renting it out of uh, Kelvin Road. Yep. I don't know, now, why, I don't know why he didn't, didn't fucking buy it. Because back in Because that would have been £15. The video, no, the video would have been like fucking £50. Remember when you, you couldn't buy them? Um, When you went to buy them, they were ex-rental and they were fucking extortioners. Right. Yeah. But then soon after, when DVD started being announced, you mm-hmm. could buy a video for... Three for a tenner and fucking no time. But what happened? And the problem seemed to be people had an opinion of it well before it came out. So there's an issue there. Mm. But on top of that, they didn't help themselves by... Uh, Kevin Reynolds tells a story uh, similar to what you were saying about the Kevin Costner being tied to the top of the winch and he's getting mm-hmm. rocked about mm-hmm. in the boat. There was another scene where Costner's at the front of the boat and you see it in the film, and he wants a camera shot coming overhead, going the same speed as he's going in his boat. That boat's called the Tramaran. Mm-hmm. It's like a racing boat. Yeah. So they, in trying to get it, they realized they couldn't pick up the same speed as the Tramaran, so they had mm-hmm. to attach the camera to the Tramaran itself and film from above and then try to zoom out. What happened was a cameraman fell into the water. <laughs> that was it. So they had to reshoot and fucking do all this nonsense. The story that went back to the... the tabloid press or variety or whoever it was the movie press was two cameramen were killed on set oh, i do remember you're like death. what that's right and the even back then that, that was big news and yeah, people were saying pre-internet for people me have been killed yeah the, the set was of some, Waterworld. it was somewhere on the news or definitely in probably the sun or something again um it was it, i don't know if it was the same year or in the round that's why maybe i got a confused with being a uh, classed as a flap um, when technically it was only a critical flap, wasn't it? It was only really like a well, panned. No, but again, what, again, we're talking about it. It came out to being panned. It wasn't, you know, here it had been seen. But again, it was, it, was that's cu- go was Cutthroat Island. 
was that the one that actually is the biggest flap still in? I think you might be right. In history, it's the, it's the biggest budget with least return. Um, but that wasn't around the same. Might have been year after Gina Gina Davis. Gina Davis. Yeah, that's the one. Your her husband. Yes. Directed the boy who directed Die Hard too. Harden was it? Uh-huh. Rennie Harden. Rennie Harden. Yeah. So, uh, but he, he he did a long kiss good night as well. Yes, it is. What's his grand film? She and Black. She and Black wrote it. I know. Should the, do a bit of Shane Black, actually. The, the problem was, it, when it came out in America, mm. it made $75 million. Mm-hmm. But worldwide, it made a further $180 million. Yeah. So it covered itself. Oh, yeah, it made a profit. That's what I'm saying. It, it, it didn't deserve the But that, that's from that's from the opening time. Yeah. That's, that's from that opening time. Where anybody got the notion that it was a flop? I, I still I, don't know. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know where that... I mean, even I had that feeling of it even... Uh, recently, just uh, even though I loved it, it's just always classed it as being one of those ones that's deemed the flap. But I realized it wasn't, I was getting it mixed up with uh, Cutthroat, the Cutthroat Island. But uh, I just didn't know it had made that much more money than the budget, which was great because then well, it sort of justified the fact that we thought it was good. But uh, I mean, uh, a lot of people, like as you say, are going to really question it, and then they're really going to. I mean, it's already been mentioned to me a few times that our podcast is very 90s centric. And well, like, this, well isn't, this isn't going to no. fucking help that. No. And, um, and us giving full fucking, full love to film that those people hate. Yeah. Fuck off. Stick your water word up your hole. Rudder hub and door. <coughs> Rudder hub and door. Rudder hub and door water word. Well, here, uh, here's the other side of it. Seen a few webbed feet in my door and water world too, right? Not one side. Did they name it after Waterworld? Or was it called Waterworld before Waterworld? I actually think it was open before, like it wouldn't have been too long. I'm going to try and dig I'd say a year or two before the film, I think it opened. Fuck. Do you think? But, you know, I can't imagine now, Roro, that... Uh, Do you think maybe that... It was a wild stretch to come up with Waterworld, if you're opening in a, a Waterworld. It, but no, it you've just described it. You've used the descriptor as the name. That doesn't make any sense. A, but it wasn't a, a swimming pool. Uh, it there was, you go. It was a world of water. It's not a world of water. It's it a really swimming pool. One. Have you been in it? Bundoran swimming pool. Boom. God forgive you, you can't swim in the fucking thing. Bundoran swimming pool. No. It's Bundoran water world and it deserves every title it gets. My issue with it is Kevin Costner used to come holiday to Ireland a lot. And didn't go to Waterworld? Get out of it. What if we did, Connor? What if we? What if? What, oh. what if we have just uncovered? That we've just announced to the world that Waterworld made money, and now Bendorn's going to find out the cost and was there and his nags, and he didn't give them money for staying the name. So you're saying, sort of after, in between JFK and Robin Hood, he's Costner wanted an oil swim. He went to Rosnella, and he thought, first want to go. And the bunch snort. I might go to McAnuff's. I'm going for you a pint. Costner loves our machines. Like going for doing like my hands out, and he sees that. And next thing, Jesus, remember that waterfall in my fucking red script for? There was what a, about calling it instead of waterfall in my red script for? What the world? Ladies and gentlemen, it's not often you hear things uh, solved on air live, but we have just figured out Costner was in Donegal and uh, necking names, stealing names off there. One of his wings called Big Max. And <laughs> <laughs> no, that one's called Frank O'Neill's Pub. 
No, it's not. That's sad. Um, yes. Uh, so, <laughs> so, yeah. So, anyway, away from Donegal. Uh, the, um, another utopia, <laughs> <laughs> just like a good old Bundorn, is, uh, is yeah, so the, the island that we talk about, the, the Atoll, isn't it? The, the Atoll, uh, yeah. I mean, so this we kind of we kind of get away from that pretty early on um but it comes back to it a few times uh well it gets destroyed yeah by these infamous smokers because they've heard word that this girl is on board who yeah. has a map to dry land and i mean obviously dry land in a world full of water would be uh the most powerful yeah people ever um and I mean, it's just, I mean, we know how action figures go. That's Hollywood. Um, they're gonna, they're gonna fight. They're gonna go. They're gonna uh, back and forth chasing. But the action set pieces, like we talked about, they're sort of they're manic in a way because it's, it's based on water. But they're also fucking. I was watching it like more recently. It's pretty loud when you talk yeah, it's, about it's bombastic. It's yeah, huge. The, the, the sound. I mean, I'm thinking of fucking Bad Boys Two. Was the last time I'd heard a film as loud maybe as Waterworld. Um, when you get that in full whack, and it's it's going, it's it's uh, I was going to say submersive, but Jesus, oh. we can't say that. That was another one. Um, so yeah, and I mean, uh, we've this is pre X Men, so somebody being a mutant was relatively new to yeah, anyone was, who wasn't in the I, comics I, or anything. Yeah, I didn't really know what that meant, but I did know that. They they rarely re- they barely reference it at all. In no, the either. Uh, they made a big deal of it at the start, of, and and as of every new, um, but we never meet, for instance, another one. No, uh, which is, should be Westworld, Westworld, Waterworld two, Waterworld two, Westworld, Westworld. Holy fuck! Oh, right. Done. So here's right. the. <laughs> not that it was a film in the seventies, way before Waterworld. No. Sure um, right. uh, so, the, but the, that's what I'm saying. So we don't ever see any uh, any other uh, mutant as such. We don't see anything that. Um, really shows up to be uh, anything in the same caliber. Somebody that can swim under, you know, in a world full of water. He's the person that can swim and go down to the depths of the ocean and get soil. That's ultimately yes. where his currency comes from. That's and, where, is, and that's where he was able to get all the stuff he got when he went to this at all. Yeah. Because um, he was able to just provide dirt. Now, the, the other thing is to he has to hide the fact to most people, so he's trying to get robbed. A lot of theft and thievery going on. Yes. Um, which, obviously, being on water, you have to relate to uh, pirates and all the rest, but there's a lot of that, and him being on the water for so long, he has to try and hide the fact that he can breathe underwater, so he, he talks about there's a an air bubble down below or some, you know, some shit they got, just to give an excuse. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I think that that's why he had to be, he was going to be recycled, is what they called him, which was put him into... I always assumed it was like a, a mud or a sludge they were going to dip him yeah, into and try and drown him because even with gills, he was going to die or water wasn't going to do it. So yeah. it was going to be mud of some sort. That, again, got you thinking, oh, gee, I never thought about that. They're going to have to use mud smart bats. Mm-hmm. They've done this before. Um, but yeah, so then he breaks away with the two gears and then it's actually quite, uh, I was going to say he's quite heartwarming. It's not heartwarming at all. No, he's, he's a horrible the, bastard. The way he treats the two women. Is he's a horrible fucking, bastard yeah. the whole way through it. And I, and I love that about him because it is Kevin Costner ultimately. So it was really, really not playing to his norm. You no. know, the sort of nice, warm, affectionate sort of go-to guy. Um, he's really cold in this and really, again, like the Mad Max thing, he's really just a, a grifter on his own. But these two coming along then sort of 
fuck things up. Um, yeah, they they slowly break him down. Yeah. Um, but you can still tell he doesn't have that interpersonal connection with humans, more importantly. Yeah, they're um, not there, yeah. But he does start to find there's a common ground with the kid. He understands that the kid, there is something special about the kid, but he just can't figure it out because people keep talking about dry land, they keep talking about dry land. And people are saying, how did you manage to get dirt then if there's no dry land? Mm-hmm. And he, in a, in a scene, shows uh, the Helen character uh, how he gets the dirt. Um, and it sort of rips the carpet away from under you because then you realize, oh, there is no dry land. Yeah. So you're then in the in the mold of everybody else. You, you're totally convinced uh, by Kevin Costner's character, which I think they call him the Mariner. Yes. Yeah, sort of the man with no name. Sort of name. Yeah, so the name has really been given to him by somebody at one point. So Mariner, yeah. you start to then be on his side and you go, I everybody's just wasting people, they're just wasting people's time. You're looking for dry land because it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So, but it's through the relationship he has with the kid uh, that he starts to sort of maybe believe that there is something special about the kid and if they do end up coming across it he'll be there with them anyway yeah um and that'll be that but it's sort of that scene in particular i i always remember that scene clearer than any other scene where he shows them the the world below you say you're sort of believing this guy has seen dry land and he knows where it is but um, then again, you're like, oh, of course, obviously that's how he's doing it because the gills and all the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm 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 glad to hear you say that that's your standout scene because I thought you were going to go with the, the triple horn strip um, on the boat. No, but that's a, that scene's extended. Oh, in the other version, it's not the only thing extended running. Bump, bump. Uh, but again, it was one of those ones where. I think somebody mentions it on the island. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Somebody on the island wants his seed mm-hmm. when he lands because, again, they're... Again, something you don't think about. If the population is so small, they're all sort of ultimately interbreeding. Yeah. Um, so they wanted this stranger who came along with new seed. They were going to give him mm-hmm. as much supplies as they needed. And then that's when the first doubt comes up and they go, hmm, any man that's been away in the water that long can't resist a woman. Yeah. <laughs> that's some fucked. <laughs> but even then you're going, not right enough. Right enough. I know. How did you do that? Must be cracking off, clearly. Oh, Jesus. That's why the sea's so salty. Uh, (laughs) 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 The the problem there is, every scene we see him in, somebody ends up, uh, fuck, coming across him. (laughs) (laughs) So he he, he didn't even have time to fit there. No no messing about, no fit there. Uh, you heard at the start of the podcast we played the the narration, yeah, which was done by the famous Hal Hollywood, Douglas. Hal what? Douglas. Hal Douglas, who has done most, if not all, the big Hollywood films in the year. We won't even go into the list. If you've ever heard somebody say in a world, it's him. It's Hal Douglas. But the original, uh, ah, not the original teaser trailer. Here's here's the story of this one. Okay, halfway through the filming. Uh, when they have most of the shots they need before the the actual atoll got mm-hmm. destroyed in the hurricane, mm-hmm. they were rebuilding the atoll just for pickup shots. So all the main stuff had already been filmed. So Universal were very eager for this has gone over budget. Mm-hmm. This is two months late. We need a t- we need something to sort of start feeding the frenzy. So they put together a trailer, um, which for some reason. Uh, they put out <laughs> in conjunction with Street Fighter, the film, 
With Van Damme? Oh, and Kelly Minogue? Yes. Oh, no. And Raul Julia, remember? He was Bison. So that went oh, out. Julia, what else is he? Oh, Adam's Adam Family. Yes. He went out. It went out with that, which itself was a fucking disastrous flop. Yes. Um, they couldn't even put it out with one of their bigger pictures. And just uh, no. A teaser trailer at the start of the film. So shit. So it went out with all that. So people were going, ah, oh, it looks okay. And then they were watching Steve Fair and going out going, that water was going to be shitting out to you, but... So there, there again, another bad. Because we should point out, obviously, as you, uh, we, we've said already, it's the 90s. So you're talking video games, you're talking merchandise, tie-ins, oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, so this trailer, bizarrely, has a different voiceover. Well, we'll just play it and then. Give we'll, it a wee. Uh, yeah, to see if it makes any sense. If you can hear it. The sun. For millions of years the source of life, but for one planet, the source of its demise. The temperatures climbed, the vast fields of ice at its poles melted, and the oceans rose. Centuries later, few people remain on this planet once called Earth. Simba, this is all for you. No, that I mean, if so you yes. had him, if he was yeah. available to do, which is a longer speech, a longer speech than, than the, the, the one that started yeah. the actual film. Yeah, why didn't he just do the? Yeah, so we have James Earl Jones there, um, Earl Jimmy, not even involved in the main thing. No, um, very bizarre. And King of Zamunda, motherfucker. And a lot of the shots they show were the action shots in the trailer, and it's it's impressive. Like yeah. if I had seen that. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, don't like, I am up for Costner on the Wathers. Give me some more Kev. Um, full Rev on the Kev, please. Full uh, Rev. And, uh, but again, so the critical sort of response didn't translate onto the video rental world where it no, took it, on... It blew up. It was massive. They were they, they couldn't believe it compared, compared to the box office. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, um, um, but I think people were just... Wanting to see what this is, like, how could it be so bad? How could it be? Yeah, and then when they watched it, they went, "That isn't as bad as yeah. everybody told me it was." So the the, the original theatrical release, um, you're talking yes. two hours fifteen. No, but now we're into the realm of was this a, a mixture of Al Kev being allowed near the scissors and the cutting room? Um, so we'll go back. Give us an explanation. We'll go back. You know here. more about this one than me because okay. I'm 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 a wee bit lost in this part. So. This is a direct quote from Kevin Reynolds, the director, about Kevin Costner, the star. Kevin should only star in films he is directing. Then he would be working with his favourite actor and his favourite director. <laughs> I did see that quote. That's, That's a bit of a kick in the ball. That, that is like. fucking bright. I'm so true to So um, <laughs> you can get from what I just said and previous uh, yeah. what happened. And it had happened again. Uh, Kevin Reynolds was near completing the film. Kevin Costner was standing on his shoulder again, telling them different things to do. Now, we'll go back a wee bit. Kevin Reynolds was actually an advisor for um, set pieces and direction on Dances with Wolves, mm-hmm. which Kevin Costner won a lot of Oscars for. He did, yes. Um, so he does credit the guy. He does rate him as a director and uh, as a good yeah, orchestrator of film. Yeah, they seem to have a decent enough relationship, yeah. But every time they're together... <laughs> they just can't fucking agree. They can't agree. So what happens is Kevin Reynolds leaves the film and Costner takes over again. Mm-hmm. And what happens is they have to drop it down from 2.55 to 2.15. Mm-hmm. So Costner cuts out 40 minutes of film. 
None of it's Costner. Ofs. And a lot of it is CGI or mm-hmm. um, exposition, which explains more of the story. Yeah. There's a baffling scene omitted. Okay, I'll explain the scenes after it all came about. So this edit obviously existed because it's the one that Reynolds had set up. So one night, about a year after the film had been out of the cinema and it was, it was on TV, um, CBS in America inexplicably showed the film. Full two hours fifty five. Yes, yeah, so I've seen that. So that was shown in America on TV first without anybody say so. They Nobody just, knew they were going to do it. Just went on ahead and did it. Okay. They went ahead and, and a further bizarre move. Instead of just showing the full thing, they censored out all the swear words, and it wasn't big swear. They were like they changed shit to slime. Right. Okay. Remember he's getting his eye done. Yeah. It looks like slime. He keeps okay. saying, but he actually saying it looks like shit. And uh, no melon so, throwers and nothing at all. No melon throwers involved, no. So, again, you're in this sort of bizarre... The same thing happened with Blade Runner. Did you ever hear that story? No. David Fincher and his editor, Terry Noel, Terry... What the fuck's his surname now? The editor on Alien 3. David uh-huh. Fincher and him were in a, a, a cinema in Los Angeles at this vintage sort of uh, film night. Uh-huh. And they were showing Blade Runner. And they accidentally showed the cut that didn't have the voiceover and had all the edits put in and, and it was the, du- the director's cut of Blade Runner. Right. So it was your guy, Terry, and David Fincher who turned around to the studio and said, you might want to put that out on video because it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's now a better version yeah. of my favourite film. And that happened. So it was a total accident though. Somebody got the wrong print. Jesus. And showed it on the projector and it was just a total accident. So this is something, <laughs> right. like nobody even looked at the running time of the, the Waterworld in the cinema and went, this doesn't add up. Because they couldn't even show it in one night. They split it over two nights. What? Aye, and nobody thought, hang on, there's way more in this than I remember seeing the cinema. So, obviously with the way the internet works now and with how people are with, I want to see my cut of the film, uh-huh. people have recut Star Wars now oh, to the way they want it. Oh, Jesus, don't talk to Like, me. literally, I've sat for weeks re-editing the film to the way they want it with the old uh-huh. CGI uh-huh. and with new cut out. And so... <sighs> on these forums, this one guy had a, a real fucking bee in his bonnet about getting the full, unedited version of Waterworld done. And everybody was going, but what are you going to add to it? He said, well, there's a there's a version up um, that has an extra 40 minutes, and it's inexplicable why they... People were like, what? What, what do you mean extra 40 minutes? It was shown on TV for no reason. Apparently, ever since... Every time it's shown on TV in America, they show the longer one. Ah, that's, they've repeated that a couple of times over, uh, like, yeah. I don't know why, over the last maybe 15 years or whatever, they've so shown So people are like, longer. I've just never watched it on TV because I always thought it was going to be a badly edited and like we've talked about, yeah. and it's gonna, that that sort of cutting out the swear words and all the crack yeah, was no going to bo- be there. No boobies, no. And there's no Deanne Triplehorn's butt and there's no this no. and him peeing even at the start, doesn't show it. Jesus, now my favourite scene. So it's all cut out. Right. So in these extended versions, there's parts of the film... Where it explains a bit more. Like, when we first go to the atoll, um, we see that they're using water cannons. Yes. On their bridges to shoot away to people shoot away, who don't yeah. have dirt mm-hmm. and don't have any paper or don't have any clean hydro, which is water. Yeah. And they're shooting them off their boats into the water. And they're doing that so that the mutants can kill them underneath. Mm. So you don't get to see that. And you don't no. realize that it's so dangerous under the water. Alright, sure. So that's what they might be recycling, huh? Recycling. Uh, so, yes, is right. There's other scenes, I'd advise you to watch it, but there's other scenes 
that add a bit more. There's more of the. Remember when he jumps into the water to hunt down the uh-huh. big fish? He uh-huh. uses himself as bait. Uh-huh. There's more of it. There was okay. a huge CGI uh, expenditure for that effect, right. and they didn't show half of it. So it's in it. But also, there's there's the fabled ending which you spoke about. Uh-huh. And there's an addition to it. So we all know that they go to we end up going to a place. Oh right, Ronan. See the way oh you're allowed to, but I'm not allowed to, right? But when we go to the place in the original film What place, Ronan? It explains nothing. <laughs> right. And it and it explaining nothing, people got a bit because it literally goes Oh, there I'm it is. here. Nah. I'm going to go back on my boat and go into the water, and everybody goes, yeah. "All right." Yeah, and it never really made any sense. No, but Until in this cut, club, yeah. Not only does it explain mm-hmm. uh, who the people in the room are, uh, not only does it explain who Enola is, um, it explains that the mariner has a name. He's called Ulysses. And that the place we are would be the highest point in our planet. The Biggie. Which would be Everest. Yeah. Now, the problem with that is, <laughs> is that the city he swam under the water to was Chicago. Uh-huh. Based on Chicago. Uh-huh. The high-rise buildings. Yeah. Sears Tower. How did he get... To Everest. Mm-hmm. How long were they up on that wee floaty boy? Mm-hmm. And it's explained that because of the circumference of the Earth and the way that water filled it, air travel would be faster. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to God, somebody said it, and I went. But surely that means the Earth's wider. Uh, this is at least of a no cam trail, sure. <laughs> so that's. <laughs> but it's that's why it's called the, this version that this guy put together on the internet is called the Ulysses. Yeah, so if you get, if you get a chance and you have the opportunity and you're going to watch it, uh, the, and if you've never seen Waterworld, maybe this will be the best way to start it. Well, here's my this is the Ulysses the, cut. That's the story. I was like my birthday last year. I, I'm mad. I'm mad about this film. Like, I love it. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, I love it too. Yeah. It's just crazy how good it is mm-hmm. and how mental it is and how it doesn't take itself seriously mm-hmm. at all. Except for Costner, he takes himself really, really seriously. Really serious. And it sort of makes it funnier. It actually does. <laughs> because there's bits where he basically beats up a Wayne. <laughs> he basically fuck, throws a wee girl about. Ah. And like... He fires old Jean down the ground, cuts her hair off. Cuts their hair off with a fucking machete <laughs> while they're lying down. <laughs> As punishment for touching something for his touching boat. something. So touching on a Kev's boat, you hear you. That's a yeah. He, he's not likable, but no. Don't forget, he he edited this film to make <laughs> yeah, himself look so like. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see the version where he's yeah. actually. Uh, if so, that's him looking good, what is, how look, bad did he get? When I got the word that there was a, this edition coming out on Blu-ray, I was like, I "Need to get camera. I'll get it you for a birthday." So I was like, "Right, we'll both watch it together because you've never watched the film." Uh-huh. So we watched the whole thing. And she was like, "That's not bad at all." I mean, I can you imagine what we had to witness? The fucking cave edition, mm-hmm. which is all cave, all cave, and no explanation of loads of scenes. By any of the scenes you find weird that don't add up, they're explained in this edition. Yeah, like how he managed 
how he managed to fuel up or to find jet skis. Remember, he comes pulling up to the, right, Exxon, yeah. the Exxon Valleys and jet ski, uh-huh. and it doesn't explain where how he got the jet ski. <laughs> he just turns up at a jet ski. Like it, it, he manages to find two smokers talking to each other in a deleted scene, and he knocks two of them out knocks and takes one of the. But then you know it's Kev. Like so I never questioned what Kev does. No, it's true. Uh, okay, so w- I think we've we have uh, waxed lyrical about this long enough. It's it's um, time for you to go and listen to us for a change and go and watch it. Mm. Uh, yeah, and those who are listening that know and have seen it before, maybe we'll go back to it with fresh eyes. Maybe get the Ulysses cut. We might change your mind. And Definitely do. And don't forget, it has three. It is three of the longest running uh, shows at Universal Studios, and yeah. they still to this day do a Waterworld show. Yeah, and and all the Universal Studios, including Japan and stuff. And they have, uh, yeah, and you've got the best bad guy um, for pure mentalness. Yeah. And you have um, three horns in Gene. Triples. Yeah. Uh, and again, <laughs> uh, big shout out to Michael Jeter. Love you, guy. And because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, because, I mean, ultimately, it's, uh, he's the hero. It's his film. It's his he's film. the hero. He's the hero. He holds it together. He has the, the, the big thing at the end, you know. That's true. It's his invention. Uh, yeah, so please go and listen. Uh, Fisher King, watch. is he in the Fisher King? Fisher King, he's uh, in the Fisher yeah. King. King Fisher and I, is it? No, 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 Fisher King with Rob Williams. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, and the Terry Gilliam one, Jeff Bridges. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the King Fisher one? Oh, it's just a King Fisher, so <laughs> King Fisher. <laughs> but don't forget, this film as well had to have a massive marketing campaign. That's what I say. So, the 90s, there was always it gaming. was gonna be huge. So, they had everything, they had comic books, they had a film tie in novel. They had fan fiction. They had did the whole they have everything running. Did they have a, a video game? Yeah, they did. Ooh. Oh my god, it's so bad. <laughs> Welcome to the dark hour. <laughs> uh, just in case you thought you were, you're you're listening to porn music, that is in fact the theme music to the Super Nintendo version. <laughs> why Water that? World. Why that music? Water. Give it custody. Get wet for me, baby. Jump into my pool of Costner. <laughs> it's so funky. <laughs> it's so mental. It goes on. If you ever uh, it's, it's want brilliant. to have it as your background music, it's uh, seven and a half minutes long, and it's just that one note <laughs> for seven minutes. All the way There's through. a bass solo about four minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so thank you very much for listening, folks. As always, we apologize for a wee d- uh, one day delay there, but uh, we hope you. Uh, can bear with us for that um, we are back next week and um, please as always if you wouldn't mind going and subscribing and leaving reviews and doing all those things because it means a lot mm-hmm. um, tell everybody you know big shout out to Arlene who uh, gave us a wee push on her own Facebook and community page and we got a shitload of new followers thank yeah. you very much so if anybody else wants to do that you know, we love yeah, you. do that thing that everybody's pastor and everybody do community yeah. all all that crap. Yeah, you know, what, you we, know, what. we love you long time, and uh, so we're going to leave you with this, which is um, another nineties classic. Can I tell you the story behind it? It's quick. Go. The producer who left Waterworld because he was like, "This is overblown. It's a piece of shit." Uh, went on to do Cable Guy, <laughs> <laughs> and this is from Cable Guy. Well, doesn't get any better than that. Dry land is not a myth. Kevin Costner, Waterworld. I don't know what all the best is about. I saw that movie six times. It rules. 